Hi, I am Manuela Bonanno from Columbia University and very happy to be here with Emil Schuller. And please, Emil, uh, introduce yourself. Uh, where are you from and uh, what's your institution? And uh, tell us everything about you. Sure, uh, my name is Emil Schuller. Uh, I'm from uh, Sweden originally. Right now I'm doing my postdoc at Stanford University. Um, so I got there a little more than a year ago now. So I'm uh, really enjoying myself there. That's great. And what's your background? Are you a physicist or a biologist? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a medical physicist, um, licensed in Sweden, um, um, where, yeah, I did my studies there. And then I did my master thesis in uh, the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Oh, so yeah. nice, Which was, pretty uh, nice. It, it was very nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm back home. Yeah. So please let me uh, um, tell me everything about your work. What's, uh, are, which direction are you focusing now? What's your line? Yeah, well, uh, my current work is very different from my PhD studies. Mm -hmm. uh, my PhD studies was very much in uh, peptide receptor radionuclide therapy, where um, I looked at the transcriptional regulations in kidney tissue. Mm -hmm. um, due to the fact that kidneys are the dose-limiting organs in peptide receptor nuclear therapy, now um, I got well, I got a position then at Stanford, and now I'm looking into the flash radiation. Flash. Yes, uh, flash radiation is uh, ultra-high dose rate radiation. Uh, we have a semi-good definition around 50 gray per second and above. It's is what we so define. Super high, super great. Exactly. Right. So, um, so that's uh, the effect that we are studying. Uh, so we are still in the uh, area of radiotherapy, but why flash? Exactly. What's the difference? Uh, I mean, uh, compared to conventional uh, radiotherapy treatments. Uh, well, actually, there seems to be a quite a diff quite a large difference. Mm -hmm. um, so the overall the project that I'm started at is um, is in the phaser group at Stanford. There we're trying to develop the next generation treatment machine, external beam radiation treatment, and the overall goal for that machine is or is to eliminate motion artifacts. Okay. So that's why originally. Uh, my PIs then wanted high dose rate radiation, and then they came. That out. could be so fast that you could avoid uh, the patient, exactly. like the breathing, breathing and everything. Okay. Actually, you see also quite large differences in the prostate moving mm -hmm. just in within a few minutes. It, mm -hmm. it can actually move quite mm -hmm. a lot. So, um, difference you mean in terms of outcomes or of it, dosimetry? Like it's actually dose how delivered. it moves. It actually moves in the body. Okay. Yeah. So that was the original thought behind doing high-dose rate radiation. And then there came out a very interesting paper uh, from the Favadon group in France uh, about there being a biological incentive as well why, why we should have this high-dose rate radiations. Uh, and actually they showed a very nice reduction in uh, lung fibrosis. Mm -hmm. uh, with so long-term effects. Exactly. Uh -huh. So um, um, when they delivered then those, those rates, mm -hmm. uh, I think they were between 40 and 60 gray per second, then they saw basically no 
uh, fibrosis when they deliver 17 gray, while in the, in the conventionals, uh, conventional group, they had so much fibrosis, so we're very strong difference there. And then of course, then we got interested in the bio biology as well. So please teach me, when you get fibrosis, that means that eventually you have damaged normal cells, and yeah. then that um, induced uh, fibrosis or damage later on. So this kind of flash uh, irradiation would spare as much as possible. It seems to have a very nice sparing of normal tissue. And um, we, we don't know why, uh, unfortunately. If we just knew that, that would be perfect. But uh, you won't be here because no, exactly. then we would be know here. everything, right? I wouldn't be here. No, that's true. No, so there seems to be a very nice effect on normal tissues, on lungs, which the, the French group showed. Uh, it's also been shown in tumor tissue that there's no difference, which is also very important. Like if we would be sparing the normal tissues then, um, and sparing the tumor tissues as well, it wouldn't be an effect that you would be interested in anyway. Uh, but there seems to be like, no differential effect uh, in tumor tissue, which is all very important. And then, then we have moved uh, a, a step further. We have also, we, we primarily right now doing GI tract radiations, uh, basically, basically because uh, it's easier. You know, there's a quick readout. I see. Yeah. You Tell have, me more uh, about it. Why? Yeah, sure. Um, so you don't have to wait too long. To exactly. Uh, within 14 days, we have a response. Yeah. Um, Versus the, for fibrosis, I think it's a few months yes, exactly. in a mouse model, right? Exactly. So that's why we have concentrated more on the GI tract. Okay. And also we, we of course, look at, uh, at different organs. But our, our focus is right now, at least, in the GI tract. That's because uh, we look at, we've, we started all of this with acute GI tract toxicity. So basically overall survival. Mm -hmm. and. Um, and then you would have your readout within two weeks. Uh, you read it, the mice, they, they lose a lot of weight, of course, mm -hmm. in the beginning. But by day seven, uh, they start to recover. Or, okay. unfortunately, some die. But otherwise, they start to recover there. And they're usually back at their original weight around day 12, 13. Um, and then at that point, which kind of assessment you take? Which assay? You, do you look just for survival or other? So right now we've mm -hmm. just started to establish it. I um, see. Yeah, so we are all in very, I wouldn't say primitive studies, but you, you know, like very a preliminary. Preliminary, uh, yeah. yeah, that's a yeah. better word. So for you it. set up um, all the uh, experimental. Um, tools, what, what do you need actually to get such a high dose rates? Well, you need a machine for first, a so, machine that can deliver it. Yeah. That was actually our first issue. When I came to Stanford, we didn't ha even have a machine for it. We were very interested in doing these kinds of radiations, but we, we had no way of doing it. Um, the, the, the French group, which I mentioned before, they have a dedicated machine for this. And um, of course, if you have a lot of money, you can buy. You can, uh, you can always buy something. Right. But uh, we didn't have that kind of budget for this. So the first thing that happened when I came to the Stanford group was that, okay, what do we have uh, in our machine park mm -hmm. which we can actually use? Mm -hmm. 
and um, so we are, I'm at radiation oncology department and of course we have clinical linear accelerators um, so that became my my first work was to try to to uh, have a machine that can give us our flash doses uh, and doing it in a way that won't affect uh, the, well, basically the other people are using it, and in this instance, as this is a clinical in your accelerator, patients. it's patients. Yeah. So that one not allowed to be affected at all. Mm -hmm. But fortunately, we have a very nice department who is very pro-research, uh, and uh, um, so they were very nice, and we were actually able to then use a clinical in your accelerator in order to get our flash doses, which had never been tried before, because they're really not designed to do this. Um, so uh, so in a way you push a little bit the boundaries also of the machine. I've been told that multiple times. Yes. I see, okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but we were, we were very nice. So we're at Stanford, which is right in Palo Alto. Varian headquarters is right next door which they have been amazing. Um, yeah, so uh, we've had very close uh, contact with their engineering team, uh, who helped us a lot uh, in order to try to figure out how to do this. And uh, in the end, uh, like after a bunch of iterations, it's actually a quite an easy process mm -hmm. to do. Of course, it takes time to find an easy solution to everything. So we were able to use a clinical, clinical linear accelerator. We tuned it, in a, so we increased the gun current, and uh, we also, and then tweaked the RF power and uh, other stuff like that in order to get a stable beam through. And then uh, we moved our platform, our irradiation platform, as close as possible to the virtual source of the machine. So basically what we do, and the methodology that we have been working on, is then we have the gantry at 180 degrees, so we read it from behind, from below, exactly. And then we, um, we have an, a platform that we position by the positioning mirror of the LINAC. So we're basically uh, 15 centimeters, something like that, from the virtual source. Um, so we, you know, we take off all the safety covers, everything like that, and then we way down there in the head. You have to like really dive down there in order to position your mouse and everything. But uh, it was quite successful actually. We were able to tune the machine to get 250 gray per second. 250. Yes, and actually. Um, and we did some tweaking now this week as well. And now we're almost up to a thousand gray per second wow. from a clinical linear accelerator. I see. But in uh, practical terms, I mean, in terms of uh, clinical uh, yeah. applications, which uh, dose rate you would choose or what seems to be the optimal? We so don't know far. yet. That's a very good question. We don't know yet. I um, see. Yeah, we won't. Wow. Because you know, a thousand per second yes. feels kind of yeah it's this is not uh, I, I don't know if it's just like now it's just ego no. you know you just want to go higher because you can I think we've reached the limit now from uh, our machine at least mm -hmm. but we, no we actually we don't know the the level which is the most optimal that's actually uh, um, something we plan to do with, in the next month mm -hmm. we are um, we're planning to set up 
boundaries or see where do we find the threshold? Where is the threshold? How low can we go in dose rate and still see a differential effect? How high can we go before we see a plateau? Because uh, we still haven't found the plateau either. We have only very preliminary data so yeah, far. Yeah, by the way, which, which dose rates have you, have you tested so far? We have our most robust data. We have, we have played around a lot, of, of course. course. Uh, our most robust data, uh, where we have you know, done the most mice, we have the best statistics, mm -hmm. that's uh, at 70 and 210 gray per second. Okay. That's, that's okay. where we have... So that's that order of magnitude. Yeah, Probably so we, we, always go, we always go back to that level yeah. because we know, we know that there is the effect. And also, we do see quite a nice differential effect mm -hmm. between flash and conventional radiation in the GI tract toxicity. Well, an example is um, we moved the LD50. The LD50, we, we, we've used this data now in C57 black mice, male mice. And there we see an LD50 in, um, um, of about 14.7 something. And we move that level up to 17.8 gray. I see. Uh, which is quite a... That's a big difference. It's a big difference. Yeah. And also, you know, the fact, no one believes in it, the effect. That why would only dose rate to do this differential effect? Mm -hmm. And I have to say, we are, we are also very skeptical. Mm -hmm. Like, when we meet people and we talk about this, mm -hmm. people are skeptical, but we are as well. So that's why this data has been reproduced twice, okay. just to make sure that we know what we're doing, we know that this effect is true. Mm -hmm. And this is three times now we have been able to reproduce, to reproduce this data. The, the which, is, which is very exciting it because is. right now we're at the first level where we can actually say that, okay, we have the effect, mm -hmm. which is very, very exciting. And then, uh, of course, but where is the threshold? Where is the lower boundaries and the upper boundaries? We don't know that yet, but we are right now in the process of doing that. Mm -hmm. So we will go, you know, try to go down in dose rates, see where, where does it stop. Yeah, well, that brings me to really two curiosities more than yeah, questions about the mice. Yeah. So first of all, uh, you, you said that uh, you, you have tried on male. Um, are you thinking of um, testing female as well? Of course, of course. We need, we need to establish the effect in yeah. females as well. Yeah. It's just that we haven't we had have the time yet. Yes, something. yes. Our major focus so far has actually been getting the machine there getting the machine to a level where we can do these kinds of experiments. Um, and also, we've also, of course, also tried it in vitro uh, and done preliminary studies in different organs and stuff like that. But now we're, we're taking a step back mm -hmm. and try to build up a foundation. That's good. Yeah, build up the basis of the effect. So, so this brings me to the other questions related to uh, the mice. How do you get around with the air cook? Because if you want, if with the higher cook, with the um, regulation for uh, the use of mice, because you, you want to do studies that span, you know, f for um, use, you, you might need to use a lot of mice and you do. don't know what the threshold will be. Yeah. So you have to justify have to, to justify, the animal yes. 
Yeah. It's all well. It's always a problem. Uh, you know, we have to justify everything, and of course, that's a very important thing to do as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but showing these effects, mm -hmm. just showing the potential of these effects, has actually so far been enough um, to show this. Absolutely. So, Emil, what's then your next step? I mean, what what are? I understand that you now you would be certainly involved in repeating and replicating yes. these studies, but then what? What else? Well, in the short term, mm -hmm. uh, of course, it's if you just look within the project per se, then then it is to you know build up the foundation, uh, really try to to establish the that the effect is there, the effect is in multiple organs, uh, show this in a nice way. Uh, concerning me myself more personally. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm right now in the process of writing a K99. Okay. Um, that's, that's the next step. Yeah, I've been now at Stanford as a postdoc for one and a half years. Okay, so so it's, it's time, time, I think, yeah. to, to take the next step. And, uh, you know, a mentored uh, um, career development grant would be very nice. Would be awesome. It and would. I really, I yeah, good luck with that. Thank you. Yes. Um, anything else that you want to add? Um, mentors or supervisors or disclaimer that you have to... Uh, no. Uh, well, of course, I want to thank my supervisors. Bill, yes, Billy Liu and Peter Maxim at Stanford. They have been uh, very nice and they're like really trying to uh, make it as a very good research environment for all of us, which is very nice. Um, but no disclaimers otherwise. <laughs> awesome, then. Yes. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk about uh, your work. And again, good luck Thank for you everything. So much.